these temples, Lord, with your presence, Lord. Every need, Lord. Every need. I like that line, the song, Honey on the Rock. When you realize everything you need, he's got. It's the only place you'll find it is with Jesus. Jesus. Just pull old self off the throne this morning and put Jesus on there. Let him have his way. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you. I speak blessings over the people. Welcome your presence now. Who you are and what you have for us this morning, Lord. We decree your kingdom is here. It's now. And we're your people. We're called by your name. And we bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. You can be seated. Do you know we've just got two more Sundays here before the barn starts? It's coming pretty quick, so. Amen. Keep praying. He's going to do everything we believe him to do. Amen. Tommy. We'll uh, just have the ushers come on forward here this morning. Now, I want to give you a little testimony on giving. Everybody in here a giver. Amen. Uh, you know, look, we do it out of love, out of obedience. Amen. Years ago, I struggled with, with paying my tithes. I just didn't understand why God needed my money. Well, it wasn't that he needed my money. But we became givers. And, you know, you give, God blesses you. We, we run through some hard times because of disobe my disobedience. I won't say we, but my disobedience. And uh, just quick, we were praying. We lived in town at the time. Didn't have two quarters to rub together because of things that I had done. I walked out to go to work the next day, and the light was on on the inside of my truck. I thought, well, dadgummit, we didn't live in the best neighborhood, you know. I thought somebody got in there. Opened the door, and there's an envelope laying there. No name on it, but it says, The Lord blesses those who bless others. And there's a big wad of money in there that it's just God. Amen. And I've got several other testimonies of that, but you know, the Word of God says, Give, and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over, he says he'll open up a window and pour out a blessing that you cannot what? That's a heck of a blessing and a promise from God. But look, we are to be obedient, amen? Obedience is better than? So come on, everybody stand this morning. Ushers, go ahead, lay your, lay your buckets up there. Grab your tithe like Pastor Gerald tells us if you've got one this morning. Hold it up. We're going to pray for it. Father, I th he got his whole wallet out. I like my son-in-law is going to give his whole wallet this morning. Praise God. <laughs> Just hand it to me. I'll take out of there what you need. Father, I thank you this morning, God. Lord, I thank you that we can come and we can be obedient, Lord, because you love us. You first loved us. And God, we're just giving back to you out of the, the graciousness, the obedience, the love that we have for you, God. Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Now go visit somebody after you pay your tithe.
Deanne's taking orders for Barn Revival t-shirts. $10. So pay up, give her the money, and we'll get them printed up for you. How many Barn Revival t-shirts have you had? They finally made a blanket out of, quilt, yep. a quilt out of a bunch of them. Somebody pop up and give me a barn revival testimony. Something happened to you out there, good or bad. Larry, Larry, I'm glad to have you and your grandson this morning. Larry Rogers, for you who don't know Larry. Oh, the barn revival's always been a lot of fun. It's great. That's where I started come to this church years ago, but anyway, uh, it was kind of funny. This uh, one guy, he was, they had people all the way around the barn there, and he's going by and, and praying for him, and he'd touch him, you know, and everybody was falling out. And I said, there's no way. This guy's going to come touch me. I'm going to fall out. I said, God, if this is you, this is going to be, you know, it's got to be you or it's not happening. Oh, man, have you ever got my body slammed by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I hit the ground. I had it flopped around for a while. And I said, hmm, boy, that felt good. <laughs> anyway, it was an experience. One of many. I remember of a, what was that guy's name? Big old guy. He knew the Bible front and left. Bobby Connors. Bobby Connors. Yeah, if you ever get an opportunity to hear him preach, he's a good one. I remember him, and uh, that's about it. I'm telling you, we have lots of stories out there. A cat might run across the floor. A horse might nicker. So get your T-shirts. Come on, everybody take a deep breath. Now, it's okay. Jesus loves you. I love you. He loves you. He's got nothing but good plans for you. It's all good. Oh, I love that. Everything I need, you've got. Lord, you know what we need. We call it in. We call it in. I want to read this Robert Hunt's declaration again that he made at Fort Henry on April the 29th, 19, I mean, excuse me, 1607. That's a long time ago. He decreed this. We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as the earth remains and may this land along with England be evangelized to the world. May all who see this cross, they planted a cross there, remember what we have done. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant, in this most noble work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. From these very shores the gospel shall go forth, not only to this new world, but to the entire world. I tell you, the gospel has gone forth from this world. It's gone forth in this world, and it really needs to go forth again in this world, in this country. Then they read Psalms 22, 27, and 28. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all of the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he that ruleth, among the nations. That that's a covenant with God. 
That's why this nation has been great. It's not just because of all of our things we've developed. In there. It's because of the goodness of God has given grace and ability to men and women to come up with these ideas. And the ones that have believed him for things. And we need to continue to <clears throat> press into that. And I challenge you to, to keep praying for the barn meeting. I challenge you and I call, I call forth a fast. I challenge you between now and the barn meeting to fast, whether you fast uh, three days. Whether you fast three days in a row or you fast one day a week till then, I challenge you to that. God will honor that. And I want to read you a scripture out of Mark 8, verse 1. It said, In those days when there was a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way and some of them have come a great distance. Now you think about that. They were such attracted to Jesus. They so wanted to be around Jesus. They didn't eat for three days just to stay with him. Come on. We can talk about why the church isn't the church it's supposed to be. Now you see the hunger that came out of that for they knew he had something they needed. Well, let me tell you, he's still got something we need. And I just challenge you in that. Just ask the Lord if that's not okay with you. Let's believe. We don't want to just go out and have another good meeting in a good time. There's been a lot more things done with people in here than people stood up and talked about this morning. Don't shout me down about that now. Now, come on, you're not going to get it when you won't get up and proclaim what he's already done. We're, we're still too locked up. We talk about being free, and yeah, we're free. You're, you're not going to challenge me to preach. I'm going to because I, I know what he's told me this morning. I know what's coming. Some of you has been listening to all the stuff, but what about doing it in your life? What about here? What about now? I mean, it's great to hear a testimony of somebody over there. What about me? I'm sick of my carnality. Come on. God, fill us fresh and anew. That we'd be who you've called us to be. That we'd take this region. God, God's given us a region. He wants us to move in that. I want to read you Psalms 110 this morning. <clears throat> let me tell you God this is where God's at he's right here in this the Lord said to my Lord that's David writing that <clears throat> that's Father God saying to Jesus the Son that's who that is the father says to the son, Son, just sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now listen, God's going to do everything he said. This is a prophetic word from David. The Lord, God will stretch forth <coughs> your strong scepter from Zion saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy ray from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. You know who goes to war? The young men. That's what he's talking about. There's a war. You're getting ready for a war. We're in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual war for this nation. 
And there's enough here to change it. And I praise God. I know a lot of you are involved. I know things you're listening to and talking about. But we've got to call it in to now. And, and we are. We are doing that. But the young men, that's the army. This is the army of God. We're in a spiritual battle like we've never been in before. And the Lord, here this is God Almighty, has sworn and will not change his mind. See, he tells the Son, God tells the Son, you're a priest forever. He's still our priest. And he's according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. God's on the move. Now it changes to, I believe, Jesus. He will judge the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. God's on the move. Our king reigns. He's, Jesus is on the throne. <clears throat> Father's at the right hand. That's God Almighty. He's on the move. This is our time to stand up boldly. And I like that scripture. It's in... Ephesians 6, where it talks about putting on the full armor, and then it says, stand firm. You know, <clears throat> in the shaking, we'll need to be standing firm. Well, there's something shaking today. There's people being shaken today. We don't know what's coming, but we know who's coming. And we need to be more concerned about who's coming about the Lord coming. That devotion today. <clears throat> talked about. <clears throat> the next to the last verse in the Bible. Says yes. I am coming. I thought, when God showed up with Moses, and Moses said, who are you? He said, I am. He says, yes, I am coming. He said, quickly. I had an attorney friend of mine one time, and just a slang way, said, that's as slow as the coming of Jesus Christ. I said, but it's not as sure. He, he is coming. He is coming. Lord, we just bless you and thank you. And Mark 8.38 still says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. We don't have to fear. We've talked a lot about Psalms 91, but we need to be plugged into Jesus. The Word of God will not do you any avail unless you are connected to God. It's easy to say, yeah, I've been saved or I've been to church. How's your connection to God? I'm going to stand like Psalms 91.10. No evil will befall me, nor any plague come near my dwelling. He'll give His angels charge over me to protect me in all my ways. He'll gather me up in His hands just so I don't strike my foot against the stone. I mean, let those words get to be your words. They've got to be your words for you to stand on them. You just can't get an emergency and call me and say, what was that verse now? It's going to be too late. It's in the book. Just find it. It's in the book. Most of you know that I have an ass assignment from the Oklahoma Apostolic Prayer Network 
and was given a, a quadrant, a fourth of the state of Oklahoma. That's, so it's mine, so it's ours. So it's our quadrant. And I know a lot of you have been listening to Dutch and Tim Sheets. Uh, all the things they've put about, about the dreams of the things that the prophetic people are prophesying and declaring. What about seeing a uh, hundred eagles? How about seeing a hundred eagles, each with three arrows in, a, in their claws? How about the angels doing different things and all these dreams and such as? They've told of dreams and assignments from God. And then after the dream about 300 arrows, <clears throat> a pastor that had prayer walked for years, and I believe it was in Kentucky, and had picked up arrowheads, had a collection of them. And after they had the dream of seeing the eagles with 300 arrows, this man sent Dutch a collection of 300 just arrowheads. Is that a sign? It's a sign of something. It's a sign that the angels are on the move in our nation. When Tim Sheets had that vision of seeing a seraphim with a bow and arrow and it he said the most unusual arrow he'd ever seen, he realized it was a spear, and he shot it, and it landed in the rose garden beside the White House. I'm telling you, God is at work. And as out of control as this thing looks, our government, but it's not as out of control as the church is. And that's what, when I was disappointed over the election, I realized God was more concerned about getting his church right than he was the government. And when the church gets right, he'll fix the government. Amen. But that angel, when that arrow landed up there, Larry, I believe that meant something. That, that's happening. That is happening. I mean, there's a lot of stories like that. But just in, in the last, uh, I'll, I'll say, month, Dutch and a select group went back to Fort Henry where I read that proclamation. They took those 300 arrowheads there. There's a lady uh, in Canada that's a great prayer warrior, a native. Her and a group of people prayed over some anointing oil they had and they've mailed it, to, sent that to Dutch. They took the arrowheads and that and they read again and prayed over that proclamation about what God wants to do in this nation. They prayed over the, the house in Kentucky, uh, the Red, called Red River Meeting House, where in 1980, a great move of God happened. A lot of people will go there and just pray because of that move. And that was where it declared the second great awakening. And it was a great awakening in America. Happened in a, a Presbyterian group. I mean, God is on the move. Now they've taken <clears throat> those 300 arrows, arrowheads, and they've mailed six of them to each state. And they want us to plant those arrowheads <clears throat> And it, it's kind of a sign or a symbol of connecting our past to our future. It's part of, and there, there's a lot of these dreams that you, you'd have to go back and look at, where they had the vision of the cables coming down and America being anchored. Some of you remember that story? This is part of that anchoring process that's going on. It's like we've, we've prayed and oiled the roads all over probably America, probably around every state, and just making decrees, no, this is our territory. 
You know why the birds sing of the morning? He's saying, hey, this is mine. This is where I live. This is my territory. See, we've given up too much of it, but God's helping us, and we're on the move of this. Well, as I said, Oklahoma has received six of them. And tomorrow, Tommy and I are going to go and be a part of burying one of them in this quadrant. Nigel Big Pond, who's a Native American apostle, and he was made to go to the Chilotho Indian School, which is almost in Kansas. It's north of Newkirk on 77. And that was opened up in the late, uh, I think, 1880. It was opened until 1980, something like that. I was surprised it was open as late as 1980. But Nigel went there, and I've heard him talk a little bit about it because I know he went back as an adult just probably to pray and let God get him through some things that happened to him. I mean, they didn't go to just educate the native people kids they went to make them be what they wanted them to be they wanted to just Americanize them they wanted to just make them like the white people's what they were trying to do but I know that's why they picked one of those locations so you can pray for us as we're going to go up there tomorrow and uh, you know I'm, I'm just so convinced that God's on the move in this country and with all of these things and that we can get a part of that in our section of Oklahoma. That we can get to be a part of that. I know you've kept up with those things. But we have to stay in faith. We can fail. The Bible's full of stories about that where we can fail where others have failed. I don't want to miss our time of visitation. I, t I tell you, we've, I, I appreciate these times of the openness that we have of what God's doing and moving in the earth. He wants us to know what He's doing and what he's about. But I want to go back a little bit and remind you of a story. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, and they came out, they wanted out, they wanted freedom, they got out. And Moses picked 12 men, probably the best men they could find out of each tribe. And he said, guys, Go spy out this land and come back and give us a report. Tell us what we need to do to go over there and take over. And you, you know they were gone 40 days. And they came back and Caleb and Joshua said, It's a great land. We can do it. Let's go. And 10 of them said, Those are big old guys over there. Yeah. Listen, that's why I don't believe in majority rule. And the ten convinced a couple million people we can't do it. And they were about to stone Moses and Caleb and Joshua. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you're in a minority. A lot of times you're in a minority. <clears throat> You stand up and tell them. No, it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. I remind you of that story, and I want to read you some, some scripture about that. Facebook, I'm glad you're tuned in on this this morning. Let's look at uh, Numbers uh, chapter 14. I'll start with verse 20. <clears throat> now Moses had prayed... And God wanted to just wipe them out. But he, he wasn't 
intercessor. He interceded for the people. He interceded and the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Come on, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Now God forgave them. If you think you've got something that's too big for God to forgive, the devil's lying to you. Now look down at verse 28. God forgave him, but then he says, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in the wilderness, even all of your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward. In other words, when you were 20, you were a man in the army. <clears throat> they had 601,730 fighting men. And if you want to look at it, that's over in chapter 2651. Now imagine that. That's a lot of men. Now here's what God's going to do to them. These men who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle. You except Caleb the son of Jephthah and Joshua the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I'll bring them in and they'll know the land which you have rejected. 601, 730,000 only Caleb and Joshua got in. Those men all died in that 40 years. In that 40 year time. Unbelief stops you from getting where you want to go. Unbelief. They just said God can't do it. I mean he'd already, think what he'd already done. They'd, they'd lived in Egypt and saw the ten plagues. You'd think that would have scared them enough. You would have thought they would have... They lived in the land of Goshen where everything was fine and Egypt was wrecked. They'd saw the Red Sea roll back. They would saw a cloud cover them every hot day. They would saw a pillar of fire over them every night. They would saw manna on the ground. But he can't do that. Now, <clears throat> what can God not do in your life that you think is too big? Come on. There's something. Lord, what, what is it? That, what wall are we running into that we can't get through that you can't do? We can't. He can. What is it? Unbelief. unbelief. Isn't that something? Just unbelief kept them out of that land. Verse 32, but as for you, you 601,000 plus, your corpses will fall in the wilderness. Your sons will be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness. In other words, your kids are going to wander for 40 years until you old heads all die that wouldn't believe. Some of them wasn't old when they left. They were 20, but they wandered around out there. And, and I'll show you some more about that in a minute. They will suffer for your unfaithfulness. I don't want my kids to suffer anymore for my unfaithfulness. Amen. Men, women, your unfaithfulness. Until your corpse lies in the wilderness, according to the number of days which you spied out in the land. Forty days. For every day you shall bear guilt a year. Even forty years. And you will know my opposition. Listen, I don't want God's opposition. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do. And all this to this evil congregation who are gathered together against me in the wilderness. They shall be destroyed. There they will die. 
As for the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. <clears throat> I'm just saying take heed. Take heed. Don't say, oh, I know, God's always worked it out. We'll get through this. Well, his people are going to get through it. Amen. You've got to be connected to Him. You're, the foundation is the most important thing. Your foundation with the Lord. It's not how much money you are or what prestige you have or what job you have. It's are you connected to the Lord God Almighty? Do you know Jesus? Does His Holy Spirit lead you? Listen, God's involved in everything we do. He's got us doing different things because He wants us to go represent Him in a good way and not be like my dad and this guy had this conversation in the feed store years ago and they were talking about sanctification. This guy went to some other kind of church. I don't know what it was. And uh, my dad pointed out some, they were kind of pointing out one another false, but and nobody wins in that. But finally, my dad just said, well, God just needs some better samples. And we're, we're, that's who we are. I promise you people know you go to church. They know. They know. We had a fire at the barn years ago. I've had two out there. And I was at the city cafe one morning, and, and uh, Bill Mills said, well, I thought things like that didn't happen if people went to church. Come on. They, they know who we are. They don't understand all the stories. I mean, God never said you wouldn't ever go through a problem. He said through tribulation. Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I've refined you, but not like silver. I'm refining you in the furnace of affliction. What you're going through is making you more like me. And we go through it screaming and hollering, but he's going to get us through it. You just might as well give up and say, okay, let's go. Let's get this over with. Let's get this test passed so I can get to a bigger one. God's on the move. I want to read you a passage out of Psalms 90. Now Moses wrote Psalm 90. So think about him praying this while they're going through these times. It'll change your perspective of that song. I'm going to start with verse 3. You turn man back into dust and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by. Or as a watch in the night you have swept them away like a flood and they've fallen asleep in the morning they're like grass which sprouts anew in the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew toward evening it fades and withers away for we have been consumed by your anger in your wrath, we have been dismayed. By your wrath, we've been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all of our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the years of our life, they can contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. 
Well, we've heard that scripture for years. That we're, we've appointed 70 years and maybe 80. But I want to tell you, that's not what he's talking about. I don't believe. He's saying, God, these men are just 60 years old and they're dying. They're 70 years old and they're dying. Verse 5, he said, we're being swept away like a flood. We're falling asleep. He was talking about that 600 and some thousand that were falling out there because God, he forgave them, but there was a consequence that they had sown that they had to reap. I believe that's what that's talking about rather than what the days of our years will be, how long we'll live. I think that's, I can just see him praying that over that group. The promises of God are just as true today as they have ever been. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 2, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. We've, Dixie and I have been keeping Angie's dog while they've been on their journey. So Coco's been the princess of the house. But I want to be like Coco. <clears throat> when we eat, I'm sitting there, I'm eating, and all at once I look down. <laughs> she never takes her eye. She doesn't even bat, I don't think. I mean, I'm not feeding her from the table. But just in case I drop something. <laughs> but I mean, if I could keep my eyes on Jesus like that, I've, th I've just thought about that. I mean, she just, she's just right there. She's faithful to be about what she's about. Listen, God's doing everything we're believing Him to do. <clears throat> Don't be discouraged. We talked about the everlasting God last week that sees all the past and He sees all the future. And a person that's committed the worst crime that ever happened walked in here today and got saved. God would not look at him like his past. Amen. He'd look at him of what he's created him to be and to become. He sees you at what you will be, not what you are or what you have been. But the devil reminds you of all that other. <clears throat> and <clears throat> it's a battle, it's a struggle for us to get our minds where we... Oh, I didn't even... Lord, I don't even think that go back down that road. Why do you go back down that road, see? But those old memories, no, nope, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go fix my eyes upon Jesus. I'm going to be like Coco. I'm going to look to you, Lord. I promise you he loves you. You're his idea. He wants you here today in the army of God. He's got just as much hope for the youngest child as he does for any of us. We don't know how long this thing's going to go, but he wants people that will believe him. And I think that's such a sad story of those men of God that belonged to God were baptized in the Red Sea. You know, you remember it talks about that? And they ran into something God couldn't do. I thought about it when we first started and just kind of the prayer group was here and I thought, and we're getting ready for an event where we want to host a lot of people. And we don't have very many. But it's never amounted to how many. It's, it's not the size of the dog's fight that's in the dog. It's who God is in you of what you'll do, what you'll believe Him for. When we get more concerned about His business than we are about our business, we'll do it. That don't mean we don't get up and go to work tomorrow. But it means He goes with you. 
See, when the Holy Spirit came, that's the Spirit of Jesus coming into your life through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the disciples had walked with him every day. They knew what it was to be around him. But when the Holy Spirit came into them, they had the same effect. Because he could go with each one of them wherever, wherever they went. He's with each one of us. He'll go and he wants to be, we to be his hands and feet in this earth. Don't underestimate your prayers. Pray for your family. Pray for your company, for your job. Pray for the church. Pray for the barn meeting. Just ask God to give you revelation. Lord, where do I fit in this? What are you doing in my life? You may not get a long-term plan. You won't. You don't need one because you wouldn't walk by faith if you knew. We don't know, but we go. We go. Dixie and I have proven God's faithfulness. David's proven God's faithfulness. Ruby's proven God's faithfulness. A lot of you have. We didn't just read the book and walk in here this morning. He is who he says he is. He will do. He will change you. If he can change me, nothing's hard for you. He always gets a hard one first. That's why I love to tell wives when they come talking about their, how tough their husband is. I say, well, he got the hardest one first. Listen, he's got us. Now you can go with him or you can die in the wilderness. You can live right here in America and say, well, it's just just what it is. It's just woe, pain, and agony. This is getting worse every day. Listen, it's as bright as the promises of God are to you. So how bright are they to you? Come on. If they're bright, stand up. Come on, let's stand up and believe Him to be who He says He is. Why don't you, I challenge you today to let Him be who He says He is in your life. If he can take my mess and not that he's perfected me, but he's going to work until Christ is formed in me. For it's God who is at work in you to will and work for your good pleasure. Just come. If you, want, if you need prayer this morning, come. Whatever it is, bring your need to Christ. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know what I'm talking about this morning, you need to come get saved. You need to come let Jesus be who He is.
What else, church? Somebody give Jesus praise. This man got saved a couple weeks ago. Supposed to be baptized next Sunday. Somebody just give thanks for God, what He's doing in your life. Come on. Come on. He's, he's brought, think of all He's brought you through. Think of where you were and where you're at now with Him. Come on, be thankful. Exalt Him. We give Him praise. We give Him honor. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, get, get ready for the praise service in heaven someday. You don't want to be the only one there. We 
without a song in your heart. Any words this morning? Come on, God's saying some things. If he can gather 300 angels and bring 300 arrows, I'm telling you, God's on the move. But is he moving in your situation, in your life? He is if you want him to. He is. He is who he says he is. Randy, you want to come stand with your brother? Okay. It's like heaven. You got to stand by yourself. We're all going to stand before God by ourselves. There won't be anybody with you. What else? Some of you men come stand with me. Let's pray for Dean this morning and welcome him into our group. This is Dean Moles. David, pray for him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Dean, Lord. Thank you for his stance. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life. You are leading him, Lord, and he's taking these steps, Lord, to, to move closer to you and to walk with you, Lord. And so we just lift him up to you, Lord. We just pray that you will comfort him, you will protect him. You are his provider to provide for him. Lord, as he looks to you as the author and finisher of his faith, Lord. We just pray blessings over him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just bring our brother before you, Lord. We just we just thank you for him, Lord. We thank you that he came down this this, this morning, Lord. Lord, that he's accepted you into his life. Lord, we just we just give you praise and glory for what you've done and what you're gonna do through him and with him, Lord. We praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we bless Dean, we thank him, we welcome him, him here. Lord, I pray for his brother, I pray for his heart condition. Randy, I speak blessings over you. Lord, I speak blessings over the entire group. In Jesus' name. Any other words? Amen. 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 The percentage of people getting saved at 60 is very slim. So I praise God for, for Dean. Just don't miss Wednesday night now. Love you. God bless. <laughs>